Good day, and wherever you're from, greetings to you. If you're across the world, I hope you'll feel connected with this community in Fitzroy. And if you're from Fitzroy, I hope you feel that even though you're in your own home watching it on a screen yet again, that there's something about this online that doesn't in any way be a substitute for what's going to happen when we all gather together, but at least we're connected. Can I say we'll be connected on Tuesday night again in the prayer Zoom? I will be sending out uh, the invitations to that during the start of the week. There's 50, I think, on that list. Uh, if you want to be on that and you don't think you are on it, then uh, please uh, email me. Or if you're on it and you don't think you've got an invitation, check your junk. It might go in there. Um, we'll see you on Tuesday night for some prayer. If you want to give to Fitzroy, then please go on the website and you're able to do that because there's no offering plate going past you as of the last 13 months. And obviously all of this stuff uh, costs as well. So if you want to contribute to that and to the work that we do elsewhere, particularly if you want to give to Neighbourhood Outreach, we have been over the la- in the last year been able to look after uh, the homeless community through Home Plus in the area and uh, other things that we've been doing. So if you would like to contribute to that, I think stocks are a little bit low and uh, it would be good for a top up on that again on the website or if you're a member of Fitzroy, get in touch with Flo. Uh, can I say that next Sunday morning we hope to meet 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock if that's all right, uh, in Fitzroy for uh, a few songs of worship, uh, prayer reading and uh, I will preach and if you want to be at that gathering and I know it's beneficial for many of you then please from the end of this service at 12 o'clock we will be taking orders and hopefully Richard will put Roberta's email address up on the screen round about now we'll be keeping the online going for the foreseeable and trying to gather as restrictions are lifted let us pray together lord wherever we are in the world whatever we're going through today you know us you know us better than we know ourselves and maybe even in this service you might speak to parts of our lives we're not even aware of but we pray that you would come in these next moments and minister to us in jesus name amen Oh Lord my God When I in awesome wonder Consider all the works thy hands have made I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout the universe displayed Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee How great Thou art How great Thou art Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee How great Thou art, how great Thou art And when I think That God His Son not sparing Sent 
they scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul my savior god to thee sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and then proclaim, My God, how great Thou art! Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. The reading is from St John's Gospel, chapter 20, beginning to read at verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. 
But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name.
John chapter 20. I love John chapter 20. In fact, I would suggest that John chapter 20 is my conversion chapter. Last week we talked a lot about Jesus' pastoral care in chapters 20 and 21, 19, 20 and 21. Actually, the pastoral care started probably about John 13 and maybe even before that. But these are... um, these are tough times for the disciples, uh, followers of Jesus, the trauma of Good Friday. And also, it's easy for us to look back in hindsight and see Resurrection Sunday is almost inevitable and without question. It's obvious from these chapters of John that this was a traumatic time too, trying to come to terms with the Jesus who had died in such horrific circumstances being seen again and being alive again and the body being missing and all of that stuff. And so last week we ended with Mary, the the words of Jesus, that one word of Jesus that was pastorally enough as she thought she was looking at the gardener but was looking at the risen Christ himself. But the disciples in these and all of this are needing pastoral care, no more than Thomas. And it was Thomas who captured my imagination as a 17-year-old who for 10 years of his life had been quite a uh, an active atheist and who uh, in a period of his lower sixth year um, had come to test his arguments in atheism and had come to look at the Bible again and the person of Jesus again. And, and one Saturday evening... And as a 17-year-old, this chapter spoke to me because I was the Thomas. I was the doubter. And the Jesus, well, he, he deals with us all differently, doesn't he? If we all told our uh, stories of how we came to faith and how we came into relationship with Jesus, they would all be different because Jesus deals with us all differently. And and so with Thomas and perhaps with me, uh, Thomas is the one here who, 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 who doubts and needs to see and Jesus... Uh, allows him that intimacy of touching the the scars on his hands and uh, and uh, and so I I was taken with Thomas. Thomas seemed to be my man, and then Jesus said not to Thomas so much as me in verse twenty nine of chapter twenty. These words, because you have seen me, you have believed. That's to Thomas. Then to Stockman, living two thousand years later. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And that struck me in very powerful terms and was probably the verse that convinced me that uh, this Jesus did not only exist, but there was something still intimate and personal about God and me, the doubting Thomas, the pastoral care. And that pastoral care, I'm breaking this into two lessons today, both that are linked with each other. That pastoral care is in one of the, the phrases that I want to unpack, which Jesus says a few times here. Peace be with you. When he comes in their midst, peace be with you. 
Uh, and uh, it, it's something that we should see as not only what Jesus is talking about here at the end of his life, or rather at the beginning of his res- post-resurrection life, um, it's something that was there at the beginning of his life on earth. Uh, in that incarnational night when the angels sang and the shepherds listened, peace on earth peace on earth that was the angels refrain and of course so it should be because the old testament is all about peace or as we would maybe use the word shalom and some of us can say shalom when we uh when we meet people as a greeting or as a goodbye shalom it's 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 get it's it's a deep 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 reservoir of ideas in the old testament Judaistic idea of peace. The Torah is all about shalom. It's all about the well-being of community. It says that in these circumstances of a fallen, broken world, how are we going to bring peace? How are we going to bring wholeness? How are we going to bring something uh, that's going to put order into things so that people will experience peace. The Torah is all about dealing with the issues of the day they were written so that we can have justice and peace and God's rule. Proverbs 3 and 17 talks about her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace, wisdom, the Torah. It's all about shalom. I was intrigued by the peace of this passage during the week and so I uh, I did some research and discovered very quickly, actually, um, words by Cornelius Plantinga, who was, uh, I think he was president of Calvin uh, Theological Seminary uh, in, I think, 2002 to <coughs> perhaps 2011. And in a book that he wrote about sin called Not the Way It's Supposed to Be, he writes this about peace. And let's grab this because this is multi-layered. This is a huge idea and this is what Jesus was wanting to leave with the disciples personally and with us and it's what this is all about. Plantinga says this, Cornelius Plantinga, the webbing together of God, humans and all creation in justice, fulfilment and delight is what the Hebrew prophets call Shalom. It's the webbing together of God, humans and all creation, injustice, fulfilment and delight. This is this peace. This is this shalom at the very heart of our biblical narrative. Platinga goes on, we call it peace, but it means far more than mere peace of mind or ceasefire between enemies. This peace that Jesus comes to bring the disciples, peace be with you. Yes, there is peace of mind in it, but it's much more than peace of mind. It's much more than just a ceasefire. Platinga goes on. In the Bible, shalom means universal flourishing, wholeness and delight. A rich state of affairs in which the natural needs are satisfied and natural gifts rightfully employed. A state of affairs that inspires joyful wonder as its creator and saviour opens doors and welcomes the creatures in whom he delights. Wow. 
Shalom, in other words, Platinga concludes, is the way things ought to be. Universal flourishing, wholeness, delight, where natural gifts are rightfully employed. And it, 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 it inspires joyful wonder. The Creator opens doors and welcomes us into this shalom. And when we hear Platinga's definition of shalom, then we see Jesus' idea of thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we hear Platinga talking about shalom, we see what Jesus meant, and I have come to bring you life in all its fullness. This peace be with you is about salvation in every aspect of our mind and our soul and our heart and in our relationships with one another, with our enemies, with the environment. Particularly interesting to sense that this piece was about a kind of harmony with God, a harmony with one another and a harmony with creation, God's natural gifts given to us that we might delight in the wonder of them and experience the fullness of this life on earth. Peace be with you. And that, as I've been saying in the last few weeks, in the caress and collide of the scriptures, is the caress. Jesus comes amongst us pastorally and he says, peace, shalom, be with you. He asks that we might flourish, find wholeness, and delight and wonder and of our natural gifts used and contributing. Peace be with you. But there's another favourite verse of mine in this chapter that is the collide along with that caress. Jesus says to these disciples to whom he's bringing this peace and, uh, and proclaiming this peace and there's almost a Pentecostal breathing of the Spirit on them so that they can experience something of this wholeness. He then says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. He brings peace. And then he almost says, you see this peace, this shalom, this flourishing, this wholeness, this experiencing the richness of the world that we have, the life that we have. I came to bring it to you. Now you're going to take it to others. As the Father brings peace to us, so we are the peacemakers to take that peace to others. I'm indebted to Fitzroy as a community because over these last 13 months, as we've attempted to pray peace into every home every Tuesday night at the prayer meeting, I've been aware of an entire congregation and community sharing peace with each other. Looking out for each other. Looking for those who are lonely and isolated. Looking for those who have needs. 
looking for those who need a call or a text or a walk. You have been amazing in that the Father has sent us to look after one another and bring one another peace at this difficult COVID time. I'm indebted and I give thanks to every member of Fitzroy who has contributed something of that peace-giving over this last while. And because I've watched it happen over this COVID time, because I've watched it happen when we weren't prepared for it, we didn't have three years of session meetings to prepare a strategy for how we were going to share peace with one another when coronavirus arrived. Coronavirus arrived one week, we had a service the next week, and I had no idea that we'd be out of church for so long for the weeks that were ahead. And yet immediately, we kicked in. As the Father sent Jesus among the disciples, so Jesus sent us among one another over these months. So therefore I have confidence that we are those who can bring peace to others, beyond Fitzroy, into the realms of what's been going on in our community over the course of this last week. We haven't seen much peace on the streets this past week. And there's all kinds of layers of the problems that are going on. From leadership that, um, forgive me, um, tries to not confess the sins of a funeral that we all saw was beyond the restrictions of COVID. Or leadership that said they wouldn't speak to the chief constable of police. The first minister in our country not doing that. And those are issues that we have at the top of our leadership. Words that are said, things that are done, that we need to bring peace into the middle of. And we need to come with some sort of voice in there. And I'm incredibly thankful, particularly this year's moderator, who has been very proactive in making public statements about where we are and encouraging our leaders to show something more in the way of leadership. But there's other layers. There's communities of loyalism who don't feel they have a voice. Who are struggling with Brexit and protocols and struggling with all kinds of threats on their identity. Whether those are serious or right or wrong or able to be fixed or not. There is a sense of siege mentality because of fear of loss of community. And then there's kids who are doing some recreational thuggery at night and in Northern Ireland as opposed to London or Manchester or Birmingham or Glasgow or New York, they're stone-throwing gets some political entity alongside it. There's all kinds of layers in our community, but we are in a broken, fractured community and we need to be those who Jesus sends to bring some peace. Peace comes within ourselves. The peace ripples out to each other and then it has to ripple out into neighbourhoods and across the city and we've historically been doing that in Fitzroy and we need to find ways to do it again peace be with you as the Father has sent me I am sending you so where is it likely that we might be sent over this last week I've been thinking of Donegal Pass we now have the keys to the old school of music we have plans for what we might do with that place. But it gives us a footprint into Donegal Pass. 
a Protestant area that might feel a little bit neglected. And we're going to have to be those who bring some peace of God onto the past. And how we love and how we treat and how we contribute. I want to close with an image from the start of the week. I'd love to be in Ballycastle, but I really cannot go against the restrictions of our government. It's the law. It's there to avoid a third wave. I think the mental health that we sometimes make excuses to get round the restrictions to help will not be helped if we have a third or fourth wave. And so we've taken a very love-your-neighbour approach and we've listened to the restrictions and didn't get to Ballycastle. That means we haven't been there since last August. That has... Uh, paid its way in our lives we're tired we're weary we need that break but again this week we couldn't do it but I'll tell you something you see when we Robin Swan says we can go we're out of here get a sermon up your sleeve because I won't be doing an online sermon the week after that one I will be lying on a sofa I will be walking up the forest I will be walking across the beach but we couldn't go this week and so I was trying to do what I do in Ballycastle which was take a break from all this and read novels and it wasn't really working that well but then I looked out the window and I find this snowstorm flurry of snow and blowing like a blizzard I mean I've never seen as much snow in the air it was really quite spectacular it was like God's post Easter show and out of a window in the warmth of the house it was great because you didn't have to go out into it and I was watching it and I was loving it and it was spectacular and it was making an impression and then I looked down and realised it wasn't falling, it wasn't it wasn't sticking. It wasn't lying. We weren't gonna be able to go out and throw snowballs or make a snowman out of this. It was all just all fizz and no pop. It was all just spectacular scene but no impact. And for some reason I was drawn to the novel by Douglas Copeland, Hey Nostradamus, where he says, we're not judged by our wishes, we're judged by our deeds, we are the sum of our decisions. Not talking theologically here, we're judged by grace and by the cross and by what Christ has done for us, not by works so that we can't boast or become arrogant about our theology or what our lifestyles are like. Not talking about that kind of judgment, I'm talking about how Belfast judges us, the churches. How Northern Ireland judges us, the churches. And it'll not be all the flowery preaching I do online. And it'll not be all the new worship songs that we're coming up with. And it'll not be having the smartest head theologically to argue theology with people that disagree with us. It will be the impact we make. We are not judged by our wishes by the flariness of the snow we're judged by what the snow does and if it just disappears like the snow did on Monday and Tuesday then Easter, Good Friday, the resurrection are nothing but wishes but Jesus says as the Father has sent me I am sending you don't be flouncy, fluffy, snow floating across the sky making all kinds of great visuals without impact peace 
be with you. Shalom's the name of the game. I long that you, the church, bring about the flourishing wholeness and delight. The rich state of affairs in which natural needs are satisfied and natural gifts are fruitfully employed. A state of affairs that inspires joyful wonder of its creator and saviour opens the door and welcomes creatures in whom he delights. Shalom. Shalom. The kingdom of God. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. reading this week tells us about a resurrected Jesus appearing to his disciples with those words peace be with you 
Lord, the streets of Belfast have known nothing of such peace this particular post-Easter week. Lord, we've watched the TV in horror, in embarrassment, and a little fearful that the bad old days are back again. So, Lord, we pray for peace. And, Lord, we pray that that peace is not just an end to riots. Lord, we pray for a deeper peace that sees our leaders, political, church, community, making courageous, visionary and compromising decisions for the common good, and not just for their own side. Decisions that create a better tomorrow than the week or the yesteryears that we have had. Lord, we pray for a peace that means universal flourishing, wholeness and delight. We pray for a peace that means your kingdom come in Northern Ireland as it is in heaven. We pray for a peace where all our citizens will experience life and life in all its fullness. Lord, may your peace be with us. And Lord, this weekend we pray peace into the midst of the royal family who are grieving the loss of Prince Philip. Lord, we give you thanks for Prince Philip's life, for how we've benefited from his contribution to our society, for his pioneering interest in looking after the environment, for his interfaith dialogue, and for that love of young people that created the Duke of Edinburgh Award Scheme that so many of our young people in Fitzroy have benefited from down through decades. Lord, we give you thanks for such contributions. And this weekend, Lord, we pray for Queen Elizabeth as she grieves her partner of almost eight decades. And for the entire royal family who grieve as we have done in this COVID-19 year. Parents, grandparents and great-grandparents not able to see their loved ones in these last days or as they grieve the loss of their beloveds. Lord, may your peace be with our royal family and all of us who grieve in this strange year. And Lord, we hear your call to be peacemakers. As the Father sent Jesus, so Jesus sends us to bring shalom into our world. Lead us, God, to places and people who need peace. May we be those who work along with your Holy Spirit to bring peace to our city, to our country and to our world. And Lord, may we begin by finding your peace in our own souls and then sharing it one with another in our faith communities. Particularly in these times that have stretched every aspect of our shalom. Lord, we lean into this scene at the end of the gospel according to John and we hear you whisper, peace be with you. Father God, may it be so through the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Feet may fade.
For the benediction today, let us just do one little change. Let's add peace after fellowship in this prayer that we pray over each other. I'm going to ask you to allow your eyes to fall shut, to think of those who might be sitting around you in Fitzroy, in normal days, or in your own congregation, or maybe a group of people that you've been thinking about during the service that need to hear peace be with you. Let's gather them in our minds and let's share this prayer of blessing upon them. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship and the peace of the Holy Spirit be with us all this day and forevermore. 
Amen.